Alrighty. Okay. So only things to be aware: tapping like this or touching that. All the sound goes through. So try to keep it hands free. And then um, if there's anything, say you say something and you're like, oh, wait a minute, I don't want that to be said. Then you could just say that. And then uh, producer Greg, he will just cut that out for us. Okay, so this isn't a live thing. This isn't live. Okay. Yeah, don't worry. Take the stress off. Right. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Happy Project podcast. My name is Becky. And okay, I know you're probably tired of this by now, but Jay is not with us yet he will be coming back soon i'm sure you guys miss him and all his crazy antics but don't worry he'll be back probably after this episode but luckily for you guys today we have another guest in the studio and if you're joining us for the first time we talk about not only the half korean experience but just in general what it's like to live as a mixed culture person and that can look like if you grew up somewhere else or if you're mixed ethnicities or if you're adopted or you're second gen or you're third culture this kind of covers a wide spectrum of people but we all have something in common, and that's us living between two worlds. And so today in the studio, we do have a guest. As I mentioned, I would like to introduce to you, Ty. What's going on? <laughs> You're always really chill, you know? I know this I've heard about this before. You. Yeah, I've heard this before. Do you, yeah. do you pick that up from anybody? Is that like a, like a habit that just came to you, say, in grade school, or are your parents really laid back? Where does this stem from? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't really know. My dad's pretty laid back. I attribute a little bit to the West Coast. I'm from the Oregon. So I think things tend to play a little bit slower on the West Coast mm -hmm. versus the East Coast. I don't know. I've never been to the East Coast. But yeah, yeah, I guess I might attribute it to those two things if I had to lock it down. Other than that, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Personality. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Do you go by Ty, Tyler? Do you have any other fancy nicknames? Yeah, so I, I get this a lot out here. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I've seen every rendition of my name possible, mm -hmm. uh, audibly spelt different ways, sure. but it's just Ty. It's not short for anything. Mm -hmm. um, in college, my friends called me TY, which is often what I hear in Korea because I see uh, T and Y, and then you know how you have like TJ, BJ, those sure, kind sure, of sure. Uh, those acronyms. Mm -mm -mm. So Korean people will just say, "Oh, are you TY?" And mm -hmm. I'll just say, "Yeah, you." You're you like, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> yes, exactly I am. <laughs> who I am. So yeah, Ty is, is the full name, uh -huh. but I, I go by yeah. People call me TY as well, but yeah. Pick and choose. So they just call you anything here, basically. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Timothy. <laughs> yeah, as long as I get acknowledged, that's all I'm looking for, you know? That's what's yeah, I don't want to be a wallflower. So, yeah. yeah. Do you have a Korean name as well? Or I do. You yeah. do? Okay. Yeah, so my full Korean name is Go Sung Woo. Uh -huh. And then my, because I'm adopted, mm -hmm. my adopted family took my Korean last name, which mm -hmm. is Go, mm -hmm. and then turned it into my middle name. Oh, so, okay. my full name is Tai Ko. Gilson. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And then and it, w one extra name, I guess, mm. that I, I used to go by was Tycho. My family Tycho. called me that. But It's really cute. Yeah, but that, that name is reserved for family. Oh, okay. Only. I've had people right. try to drop that on me. But I'm like, <laughs> and you're like, no, only. away from me. Nice try. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice that you get to reserve like part of that Korean name with you, even though you're being used, your American name is used regularly, right? Yeah, I mean, now I really appreciate it. As a kid, I hated it. Though. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I grew why? up in, like, so just to give a little background of myself from, mm -hmm. I, I don't even know if, if we've you know, had this we've discussion. We've never properly chatted about it either. I just know that because we met on that photo shoot yes. some time ago, and that was with our mutual friend, Paul. Yes. And uh, so he had contacted me via Instagram, and so we just went. I was the model, and then you were also there as a photographer. Yes. And so that's when we first met. I just remember... We when we had lunch after the shoot, 
right? That's when you had said like, oh yeah, I'm adoptee, the Korean adoptee. And then so I just remembered that and I thought, you know, it'd be great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that conversation. We had pancakes, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Waffles and pancakes. so good. I took my friend later and he was like, this is the best. Yeah. I attribute that to you guys (laughs) for finding that jewel. Mm-hmm. That, um, side note, that's actually from Oregon, my uh, home it? state. Yeah, so oh, it was okay. a real trip to see that out here. It made yeah. it all the way out to uh, to Korea. So yeah. I didn't know there were any like specialties from Oregon. Dude, that I had no idea. Came either. international. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Shout out the original cool. Pancake House. Original Pancake House. But yeah, as so as a kid, I my family's white. Well, the the dynamics of my family are mm-hmm. I have my two parents mm-hmm. who are white. Mm-hmm. They had two biological kids, mm-hmm. which is my oldest sister and yeah. my older brother. So they're white. Oh, so you're the youngest. Um, yeah, I'm the baby. You're the baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then so I was adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother and sister are like eight years older than me and 10 years older than oh, me. Oh, okay. So significant so, age gap. Yeah. So I was adopted when I was four months and came over. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I want to say like a year later, around there, um, my two sisters mm-hmm. were adopted from Korea. Oh, okay. But they right. are biological sisters. Okay, okay. Um, but I am not biologically related to them. Sure, I understand. So then I have two older sisters mm-hmm. who are also adopted Korean. So, okay, they were adopted after you, but after they're me, older. But they're older than me, Okay, right? So I think one was maybe like five, uh-huh. maybe six. So in that regard, you're still mangne. But then you're Sunbei. <laughs> like, Man, my Korean's so bad, but that sounds good. Yeah, because so you came say, yeah. first, so you'd be Sunbei, but your age is younger, so you'd be Mangne. <laughs> so it's very complex. I'm gonna reference that point to them. <laughs> it's though. pretty funny. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Um. So yeah, that I mean, that was my upbringing um, mm-hmm. within the household, and then the town I lived in was tiny. Like mm-hmm. my the I grew up in a town of 53 people. <gasps> Whoa, can you even call that a town? I don't know what that's that like is. That's like a high school class. <laughs> yeah, basically, right? Yeah. And then we moved into the adjacent or neighboring city, yeah. which was like 4,500 people. My so goodness. that's still really small. Sure, sure. Right? So very rural, mm-hmm. very white. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe the demographic makeup, if we look at ethnicities, would be like 98% Caucasian, 2% mm-hmm. everything else, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I so see. maybe like. 0.3% Asian mixed yeah. in with um, uh, Mexican mm-hmm, and a few mm-hmm. black people. but So yeah, I remember as a kid when they would like call attendance and things like that, they would read out your full name, uh, right? Uh-huh, and uh-huh. so it's like Michael Kevin Johnson sure. or all these other you know very traditional mm-hmm. white names. Mm-hmm. And then it would be like Ty Co. Gilson. And yeah. people would be like, what is that? Oh, and okay. I used to get so embarrassed by that as a kid i hated that yeah yeah. um uh, but you know as i I think as children people kind of grab at straws to 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 picket people but Mm. i mean as you get older it mattered less and less Mm -hmm. and then as i got even older i had like a really great appreciation just to have that Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. tie Mm -hmm. um still to korea within like my my roots i guess sure so how long were you you stayed in that small town, let's say with the 53 population. How long were you in that town for? I was there until I was in first grade. So okay. again, I was off at four months, was there until I was first grade. And then I remember my parents telling me, they're like, we're moving to the city. I was like, <gasps> oh yeah, we're moving <laughs> to the city. I was so excited. Yeah. Even uh, like when I was young, I knew 
I wanted to always go to like a, a bigger city. Mm. So then we moved into the town of 4,500. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I made it. I'm, <laughs> I'm here. I can make it here. I can make it anywhere. I know, exactly. <laughs> I was like, they got a gas station here. Yeah. They got a Dairy Queen. So yeah, it was, uh, but still really small. Like even sure. in that little town, we lived in the, we lived outside of the city limits. Uh-huh. So we had like pigs, mm-hmm. we had sh- sheep. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had sheep. Um, you know what an alpaca is? Yeah, the llama, right? Yeah, we had alpacas. Wow. Um, so you grew nine. up like on a proper farm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, the town I lived in with fifty three people was like a pretty proper farm. Like we had like chickens, goats, uh-huh. that. And then when we moved to this spot, it was just kind of it was just a place with a lot of land, and mm-hmm. so that was something my family was into. So we did that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, do you know four H? Four H isn't that like um. They do like fairs and yeah. stuff. I think I've attended one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all you need to. Attend. Okay, is that <laughs> what you did? You would do the 4-H like fairs. Is, is it a club? It's a club. Yeah, okay. yeah, 4-H club. So yeah. it's like the livestock club exactly. Okay, as you okay, explained. okay. So yeah, my family is really into that. So I was the Asian kid walking around with a pig and it's a cane. It's so cute. Yeah, it was awesome. It wow. Was, it was awesome. But yeah. yeah. Well, um, it seems it's I'm trying to piece it together because what I know about you and just the way you look, the way you dress, the work that you do here in Korea of all places, Seoul, which is such a densely populated city and super metropolitan, and trying to understand what it would have been like for you growing up. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it seems so, it's night and day, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I kind of, I don't know if you can um, attest to this as well with mm-hmm. the people you've met, but you hear a lot of people's backgrounds mm-hmm. um, when you meet them here in Seoul. And a lot of them, you know, it's similar. You're like, oh, that makes sense. But I, I've met many people like me where it's like, what? You said you came from there? You used mm-hmm. to do that? But mm-hmm. it's like, kind of like when you go to college, people say it's kind of a fresh start. Mm-hmm, no one knows mm-hmm. who you are, right? Sure, sure. I kind of felt that way with a lot of people mm-hmm. that I met myself uh, included coming here to Korea. It's like it's a real mm-hmm. restart after mm-hmm. college. No one knows mm-hmm. who you are. You're all kind of thrown into this mess together. So yeah. you can kind of... You no know, one has these preconceived ideas about there you go. who who you're going to be, you know, or what you were like before. Exactly. Much better said. Yeah, yeah. So could you just share a little bit more, like kind of paint for us a picture, what it was like for you growing up, is say, in your family unit and just uh, your siblings and how did you guys get along and were you treated any differently? Yeah, sure. I mean, are, are you speaking in reference to like the adoptee experience? I mean, or? I, I, I guess so. Yes, because I think there's a lot mixed into this. One, looking different from your family yeah. right? as one. And then two, like the adoptee experience. And then also three, being in a, like as a minority group in your town as well. So it's kind of a lot of things mixed together there. Yeah, sure. I, I guess I'll do my best to navigate those waters here. <laughs> sure. Um so for me, it was, it, it was just normal. You mm-hmm. know, I think if you talk to anybody, any kid growing up anywhere, that's all they know. Mm-hmm. Um, individualized to however micro they want to break it down within the family unit, with the culture they grow up in, the city, whatever it might be. That's just all they know. So sure. for me, um, it 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 wasn't weird, mm-hmm. and I and I also think I had the luxury of the family. My family and my friends and just the town in and of itself was a very warm, mm-hmm. welcoming it, um, place, mm-hmm. it, even though it had a lot of those kind of um, blue values. Mm-hmm. It, well, what do you mean by blue values? Which one's Republican? Is, is that Republican re- is red. Yeah. <clears throat> 
red <laughs> red values, values. <laughs> um it was still very if i look back at it now it's still very liberal minded mm-hmm. i think cuz we were like a, a a bit of a suburb of a college town mm-hmm. um college mm-hmm. towns usually tend to be a little bit more liberal sure, right sure. so yeah everyone was really warm really welcoming um i didn't really think anything of it i in fact i don't think it was until second grade mm-hmm. when i really had any understanding that i was adopted oh, okay. and that i was mm-hmm. different i can't i can't remember if when i was um, in first grade or kindergarten, like if I had any memories of me thinking like, oh, why don't I look like my parents mm-hmm. or why do it does, why are these people white and I'm, you know, my sure. eyes are different. I really can't remember, but I do distinctly remember in second grade going through like a very short phase mm-hmm. of understanding um, what that was and what it meant and knowing that it was different mm-hmm. and having like a bit of an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one night talking to my parents, saying, like, it, it was very confrontational, like, hey, you're not my parents. Um, kind of, I don't even remember if I asked questions, but it was definitely, like, a very loaded um, conversation on my part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I can't really, besides that actual night, I don't know how long that carried on for, but that does stick out in my memory of mm-hmm. realizing that when I was young, but it wasn't, it didn't stem from any like experience that I had from another kid saying something to me or, mm. or anything it like that. It was more just self-awareness that you were gathering from your surroundings I, as opposed I, to like someone pointing it out to you. I think, you know, maybe it was, it's so, it's so long ago and then you, just how you internalize things as a kid and now sure. you're trying to understand it as an adult, it's really hard to yeah, have yeah. those things too like coalesce Mm -hmm. um but i don't remember it being like that i don't don't remember some kid like making some slanted eye joke or something Mm -hmm. i mean then i ran home started crying and asking what that was Mm -hmm. about um but yeah i I had that and then through throughout the rest of school like i didn't really have i didn't really experience any racism everyone was really cool Mm -hmm. um i didn't really think about being adopted it was just it just was what it was. Just a fact of life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it was very, very normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So did you always know you were adopted? Your parents always let you know this very openly from a young age? Yeah. I, I Again, like, I don't remember there was any, like, a uh, Santa isn't real type conversation <laughs> at any uh-huh. point. You know, I think yeah. if they, they were trying to fool me, I would have remembered that, sure. having that conversation. But I think, yeah, probably they're really open with it. And then just the same way mm. you you grow understand of, some, of something that you just have no basis for as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I don't know what a good example would be. Maybe something like Santa mm-hmm. or like where babies come from or something. Sure, sure. It's not like it's just like that. You slowly start to yeah. stack on and compound what that means. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what it was it's for It's just me. something kind of like familiar in the back of your mind. And you're not really sure where it begins, but it's just always been there, this understanding of something, right? Yeah, there and you go. I feel like later on you have this kind of awareness, like, wait a minute, this this is why things are different. Like, if I can give you an example, because I'm not sure if I'm verbalizing this well enough. Like, for example, with my parents, like, I remember growing up, I didn't really separate them, you know, as in one is white, one is Korean. Like, this wasn't sure. something I, I actively thought about, you know, and it was only, like, much later on in life where I would recognize, like, hang on, they do look different. They're not, because you just think of them as people, there right? You go. And so yeah. I think it's the same thing with ourselves often. Like, we just, I'm just me, but you don't have to, you don't necessarily compartmentalize the different parts of you. Yeah, absolutely. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. What was that like 
What was that like for you, if you don't mind me? Oh, for me, you're turning the table. Ask, asking the question, you know, because it's a conversation yeah. I haven't had with you. I think maybe when I was about eight, I think eight or nine. Yeah, I would say about eight or nine. I was in fourth grade, and we were living in Alabama. And Uh-oh. I just, yeah, it was pretty rough because I remember there were no Asian kids in school. There was me. And there was one girl from Turkey. She was her parents had moved here from Turkey, and so she and I connected because friends by default. By, friends by default, <laughs> yeah. She didn't really speak English very well, and I think I was just like that didn't phase me, you know, since my mom didn't speak fluently when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, you know, used to that. So we kind of connected, and we would eat together because no one else would eat with us. And then we were friends with this one other boy. Uh, a black kid in my class who also a lot of people picked on him, and so I just remember that. But I think it was very distinct. Uh, I remember walking down the hallways and like these tall girls uh, who are older than me would like pull their eyes back, like making slanty eyes at me, okay. and then they would say, "Look at the Asian girl. She's so cute. She's so cute." And I just I was really taken aback by that. And um, then people would say, you know, like racial slurs. They would call me like chink. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant. So I just remember going home and asking my dad, like, "What?" Why are they saying these things to me? I've never heard them before. Yeah. And I think that was the first time that anyone had actually like very openly and directly said to me like the reason is because you're mixed. Your mom is Korean. You don't look like them. They consider you as maybe different from them. And I just I had never considered that before. You know, sure. even though my lunches were different. You know, even though I went to <laughs> Korean church on the weekends, like I just didn't see it as something else. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of similar. So like what you were thinking about for your experiences. Yeah, it sounds very similar. I mean, just hearing that story right now, just mm-hmm. to, to get off a little bit, but I, I just thought about having to hear that for, from your child as a parent, how difficult that must be sure, to, yeah. to know that your kid is taking that kind of like harassment at school. And then yeah. how do you then explain that to them in a way that makes sense mm-hmm. and that they can understand that's helpful to them? You know? I think it takes a lot of compassion from parents of, say, mixed kids, or adoptee kids, you know, I think they have to have a very different view on people and societies in order to explain these kind of things with compassion, right? And that was something I kind of wanted to ask you when you confronted your parents on that fateful night. How did they handle you? Do you remember what they said? I do. Um, Yeah, I won't get into too many specifics of it. It's something that, that I have many distinct memories of Mm -hmm. um but i guess i would say that is not an easy thing for a parent to hear Mm -hmm. um and especially when it is framed in that manner yeah so the conversation was honest um from again this is trying to recall something from memories I formed when I was mm. eight. So I don't know how authentic all of them are. Good point, yeah. Um, but it, it was honest and, and necessary. And mm-hmm. That's as specific as I would like to be about No that. problem, yeah. yeah. It can be difficult because these things are very personal and close to who we are, not yeah. just things that happen to us, but like our, our general makeup. So... After, you know, you were living in the big city <laughs> with 4,500 people, yeah. <laughs> did you grow up there for the majority of your life before you headed off to college? Yeah, I did. So I graduated from high school there. Yeah. Um, th- and that's one of those things, too, where it's like I grew up and I don't know what it was, 
But like I told you, when I was living in a town of 53, mm -hmm. the thought of moving to a town of 4,500 was mm -hmm. all I wanted to do. And mm -hmm. then when I lived there, all I wanted to do was move to the next biggest city in mm -hmm. Oregon. Um, and I just always, for whatever reason, wanted to get out of mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. I was. And where I wanted to go was somewhere like physically bigger. Sure. Um, so I graduated. I... I was not a good student, so <laughs> uh -huh. I applied to get into one college, uh -uh. Um, and I thankfully got into that college. I don't know how, yeah. um, but it was also a town of 4,500 people. Oh, okay. It's called Western Oregon. It was like a small state school. Mm. So I went there for two years, um, had the, the college experience of living in the dorms, mm -hmm. um, but it was still, I was in this little town mm -mm. but it, I mean it was pumped up a little bit because you're in college now yeah, right? so you course. have that experience but yeah. after my second year I was like Fuck this I got to get out of here mm -mm. so then I just booked basically um uh community college in mm -hmm. San Diego oh wow okay. um and then I found roommates on Craigslist yeah I don't not, advise not that recommended but <laughs> I, don't, I don't advise that for anybody uh -huh. but that's what I did yeah um and then I went to my bank at the time, and I was like, hey, these are my plans. Mm. I want as much money as I can. And oh, then wow. they broke me off a, a student loan. Uh -huh. um, and then that was that. Uh, so I just basically told my, my parents, I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Not like this is what I want to do. So basically you went to borrow money so you could move to San Diego. Right? Exactly. That was the plan. Right. Um, and you hadn't talked this through with your family prior to doing this? You know what, dude? I don't think I had made any mention of it whatsoever. Wow. I just wanted to get it done. Yeah, yeah. And then not pose it as a question. But just say, But as this a, is this happening. is what I'm doing. This is a courtesy. I'm mm. letting you know wow, type wow. of thing. Yeah, so yeah. I did that. I they Because uh, they couldn't say anything at that point. Sure. Right? Because I was still financially dependent on them. Mm. Like, they, they were helping me through all of college and, and everything. Like, mm -hmm. very giving. Um, but I knew if I was going to do that, that's something that I had to do independently, mm -hmm. which I really had no experience doing. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, let me just go figure this out without yeah. having to like really ask brave. them for, for help. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I, I never thought about maybe it. Maybe like mix that. of reckless and brave. There you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that sounds more honest, mm -hmm. um, more fitting. Uh, yeah, so then I just told them I threw everything that was important to me in the back of my uh, pickup truck. Mm. And then I just drove from Oregon down to San Diego. Wow. Lived down there for like a year. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to community college. Uh, I was working two different jobs. Mm -hmm. And my goal was to transfer to San Diego State, mm -hmm. graduate from there, and mm -hmm. then just figure out life. Mm -hmm. But being 21, having a bank account full of money mm -hmm. that you feel like is just like winning a lottery ticket. You, yeah. you, you're just like, you don't realize you, you know you have to pay that back yeah yeah but that's a long time from now sure, so that is yeah. future tie doesn't mm -hmm. care i mean you know he will care but present tie doesn't give a shit right. about future tie right yeah yeah so i just lived like it was bad dude like i dropped <laughs> out of school oh man yeah and i ended up quitting my jobs mm -hmm. i picked up some extracurricular activities that were not the most conducive to uh, my health mm -hmm. and going places mm -hmm. um and then after a year of doing that mm -hmm. and kind of burning through a lot of that money, mm. I, one thing I realized from that um, trip was I don't have full degenerate scumbag in me. <laughs> I did it for okay. a year. Yeah. And then I, I don't 
my friends are great, mm-hmm. but th- th- we were all living a very similar lifestyle. None of us were pulling each other out of the bucket, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what they're doing now, but I knew after that, like when that year was coming down mm. to to a close, I was like, I got to get out of here, dude. Mm. And then so I basically told them, um, you know, I got like one more month and I'm going back home. So then I started to apply wow. to university because the two years I was going to university in that really small town, mm-hmm. I, I really tried to apply myself. So my grades were okay. Mm-hmm. Like nothing great, but they're okay. Mm-hmm. So they were enough to when I was leaving San Diego to transfer into the biggest state school at Oregon, University of Oregon. All right. So mm-hmm. I got accepted, um, and I can't remember if I got accepted first and then I moved or I moved and then I got accepted, mm-hmm. but I was like, all right, I'm out. You and needed then, a new change in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew the path that I was going down mm-hmm. was there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So I learned that about myself, which was good. I'm just Yeah, like, I mean, that takes perspective, honestly, to be able to recognize that. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that was cool. And then the college town that I moved to, University of Oregon, is in Eugene, Oregon. It's got like 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. It was cool, still small. Mm-hmm. Graduated and then came to Korea. Wow. Yeah. I'm wondering what it is, if I may ask, what pressured you to just take that left turn, to just be like, see your parents, and then just head off and live the crazy life you wanted to. Was Can you pinpoint maybe a reason why you did that? Like you just wanted to experience something or you felt really oppressed in the small town life or do you, do you know? Um, You know, like this past year, maybe even like two years, but this past year especially has been filled with like introspection. Mm. Um, and I think that's something that I'm trying to like tie down and figure out like why I am the way I am. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Is that, is that a common thing? How old are you? I think it's very common. Yeah, I'm 28. 28. And I think about this all the time. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you're alone in that. Okay, yeah. So I feel like it's something around probably late 20s, early 30s. I'm in my mid-30s now mm-hmm. that you kind of, you go through, mm-hmm. you know, because when we're our teens, our 20s, I mean, I had no clue who I was, sure. right? And you're you're fine with that. Where's the next drink, mm-hmm. right? That was, that was my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you try, you know, your values change, or I, I don't know if your values change, but your goals and desires definitely change, which might be rooted in your values, mm-hmm. and you have an understanding of why you are where you are presently. Mm-hmm. And it's been looking back and un, and trying to figure out why do I have these established values? Mm-hmm. Like where That's a very good question. did they come from? Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about that a lot. So why did I bounce out and just say, okay, I'm deuces, I'm, I'm leaving? Um, if you would have asked me then, it, I would have said because I want to live in a big city. Mm-hmm. And that's all I knew is I wanted to live in a big city. Mm-hmm. Um, but now when I think about why did I want to live in a big city, mm-hmm. uh, I there, there's a lot of my life when I look and trace back that's been filled with a lot of running, mm. um, whether it be from relationships, where I actually physically reside, mm-hmm. um, jobs. Mm. I've never had a problem, for better or for worse, with anything in life, just stopping dead in the tracks, looking it in their eyes and saying, all right, I'm out, mm-hmm. and then just leaving. Um, and when I say for better, for worse, because it's gotten me to experience so many different things. Sure. Um, it's been helpful in some situations, but it's also been 
really toxic, not considering the feelings mm -hmm. and the effect that it has on other people other mm -hmm. than myself. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's as accurate as an answer as I can give, and hopefully over time, you know, it'll I'll know more as to why. Mm -hmm. But that's so I think why I wanted to live in a big city, um, and yeah, just <laughs> a life of a lot of running. Yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. I, you know, I don't really know, and I'm a little cautious about asking this kind of questions because. I don't know how much I can say or wonder, is this related to being adopted or is this simply like purely just a personality thing? You know, because uh, I think this is the, the interesting thing about identity and, you know, coming from a bunch of different backgrounds instead of like an established place that says, hey, this is who you are and this is all our history and this is all your family that looks exactly like you. You know what I mean? Versus having to kind of navigate that yourself. Yeah. And so it's it's always interesting when I'm talking with people who will say like, oh, there's some aspect of my life I've always had to deal with, say, with running away or feeling afraid of people leaving me or never fitting in. And I always wonder like, well, how much is that equated to actually your upbringing or is that just your personality, like your personal self, you know? So that's why I'm like hesitant to say like, do you think this is because you were adopted? Do you think it has anything to do with that? Or is this just strictly something you're dealing with on a personal level as an individual? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I certainly don't have the answer. I wish I had the answer. But if I were to venture a guess, like most things in life, or at least mine personally, mm -hmm. it's 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 not just one thing, right? Sure. It's usually a mixture and, and combination of a lot of things. So both things that you just spoke of, I'm sure it's a little bit mm -hmm. of both some of the chicken or the egg, mm -hmm. which came first, right? But yeah, yeah, I think it's probably a mixture of, mm -hmm. of, of all of those things. Did you ever visit home before you came back to Korea? Or came back, came to, <laughs> did you ever visit your parents before you came to Korea? The college that I went to um, when I came back from San Diego was only an hour away from my oh, house. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I would still go back like, some in the summertime and sure, occasionally sure. on the weekends to see old friends and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then you came to Korea. How long has it been? It's been 11 years, dude. You've been living here for 11 years? Uh, I think 11 years now. Yeah, I lost a, track. That's such it's, a long it's time. It's digits. For some reason, I was thinking it was like two years ago because you look so young. Like, I just graduated <laughs> and then just came well, here. Thank you. Thank you kindly. <laughs> Compliments always welcomed. So what was it that brought you to Korea then? What, what drew you to living here? Maybe it's just because it's a big city? Something like that. that. That was a part of it, mm -hmm. for sure. Even more so than that was, um, it. I think maybe my junior, no, it was when I moved to San Diego. When I moved to San Diego, because the college town that I moved to originally, mm -hmm. like, sure, there there was more diversity because it's a college, but sure. I mean, it was still a small, podunk kind of redneck town, so mm -hmm. it's just very white, right? Mm -hmm. So the people I hung out with were very white, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then when I moved to San Diego, that was the first time I met Asian people mm -mm. where I was like... And you were in university. I mean, I was going to community college. Yeah, <laughs> Occasionally yeah. I was going to some classes, <laughs> but mainly doing other stuff. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and then I met Asian people because my roommates, one of my roommates at the time was going to San Diego State. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, I just am meeting these people. I, I knew nobody there, right? So yeah. I was like, okay, I guess these are my friends. And then he was in a fraternity. Mm -hmm. And so his fraternity had like, all of his his frat buddies are really cool guys, but a handful of them, um, some of his closest friends actually, who live in our apartment complex, were mm -hmm. Asian. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started hanging out with them, and yeah. I was like, Asian people are cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm Asian too, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
Because I don't, I mean, I don't know what I thought, but I was like, oh, my friends are always going to be white. My girlfriends mm. are all white. Mm-hmm. And then I go and meet Asian people. And I'm like, what? They're, mm. they're cool? Like, they're cool? <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I was like, okay, I guess this is a thing. Like, I, it, it felt cool to have Asian friends. Right? I think prior, I didn't want to identify as being like Asian, I wanted mm-hmm. to fit in. You want to fit in so bad in, in yeah. high school, right? Yeah, it's all yeah, about yeah. looking looking cool, right? right. So, um, yeah, I, I just didn't really care to know anything about Asian culture, being mm-hmm. Asian. Um, I didn't want to identify as being such. Mm-hmm. Um, like, my family's white. My friends are white. But anyways, yeah, so I met these Asian – I made Asian friends. Like, oh, Asian people are cool. Mm-hmm. So then when I went back to finish school at University of Oregon, mm-hmm. I actually made an effort to meet Asian mm-hmm. people. So I remember I joined some Asian club, like oh, the okay. – uh, I think it was called Apisu. I don't know if that's like a like – Asian Pacific – American, American Student Union. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. had that. I think I've heard of something like that. I didn't. I didn't have it at my school. Okay. Yeah, or maybe I just never actively looked it up. But yeah, I think I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. So I did that, and then I also met um, people through the Korean KSA, I think Korean Student Association, uh-huh. and that was my first time ever really sitting and me- meeting Korean Koreans. Sure. Um, and they would just tell me about. Korean culture. I knew nothing, dude. Mm. Like the only thing I knew about Korea was I was from Busan. Mm. My sisters were from Seoul. And there was a disgusting food named kimchi that (laughs) that would stink up my outside refrigerator that my sisters would fuck with. And I would be like, get this shit out of our house. Uh Uh, And then I met them. Yeah. And they were telling me all this stuff. Uh They would... I'd go to these house parties. They got newspapers mm. spread across mm. the rug. Eating, oh, my gosh. Having so all this, great. like, food yeah. uh, laid across, eating. I'm just like, what the f- Who eats ramen and drinks beer uh-huh. together? What uh-huh. is this? You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, I was I was really, really um, just kind of enamored by it all because mm. it was so foreign to me. And I'm like, this is this is me. This is mm. where I came from. So after I graduated, I had a friend who was out here. He's a white dude. And he, I knew he was teaching out here. Mm-hmm. And then I just decided that I was going to try it for a year. At the time, mm-hmm. I was working some part-time, like, uh, bullshit job at, like, a retail store. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And then so I just – my friend hooked me up with the information online. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a while, but then I got accepted. And mm-hmm. then I just – I came out. And then uh, I did – yeah, did a year. Mm-hmm. Went back for, like, nine months. And then I came back just to do one more year because mm-hmm. um, I had some plans, but they didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let me just bank up some money. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. Now I'm sitting in a studio with you, <laughs> with you, with these right, headphones on, doing my first ever podcast, <laughs> man. So Funny the way life takes you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were joining those clubs um, at school, were you accepted <clears throat> by the people there? Did, when they saw you, were they just like, oh, hey, another Korean brother? Or like, <laughs> you know, what, what was that like for you? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm just going to put myself on blast here because I don't agree with <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, like the people who join clubs um, typically are people I feel who are very open and inviting because you mm-hmm. join a club because you want to meet people sure. and you share some common interest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I w- joined those, people were like, yeah, like, cool like mm. who's this guy right he mm. seems really interested i'll tell him my backstory they're interested mm-hmm. but I, I'll, I'll just say this 
21 year old Ty, I'm 35 now. Mm-hmm. I would not have been friends with 21 year old Ty. So I think as time <laughs> advanced and they got uh-huh. to know me, they were more tolerant. Than, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, than accepting. <laughs> but yeah, they, they were all really open. Um, mm. Yeah, invited me in. I didn't get kicked out of any of them. That's so good. that's a good sign. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was my experience with it. It was it was cool. I met um, people I still stay in contact with today through those clubs. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to The Haffy Project. We hope you like what you're hearing. And if you're curious about what we look like or you want to see these stories in more visual form, you can find our YouTube channel, The Haffy Project. And also we're on Instagram. We share some photos there and some more stories. And you can get in touch with us by emailing at thehaffyproject at gmail.com. Before we move on, though, I got I got to say, just listening to you do that that read right there, mm-hmm. does anybody tell you you have a great radio voice? Oh yeah, I've heard it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, I Very appreciate mellifluous, it. Very I believe. Mellifluous it, yeah, is a great word. word. Be, yeah. Actually, I do a radio show here in Seoul um, at TBS EFM. This is kind of like a little plug, but please I, do. Yeah, I host a, a live radio show on Sunday mornings. Okay. You can always tune in, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I mean, if nothing else, to hear to hear the voice. <laughs> I feel like... Um, Thank you. I was thinking about this on the way over. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to meet up with Becky. I haven't seen her in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and then, of course, uh, I, I follow you on, on social. Mm-hmm. Bro, you are like the... Are you familiar <laughs> with Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan? Oh, he has a podcast. I know that. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. yeah he's got a podcast, but you are like the female Korean <laughs> version of Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan, dude. Wait, how? I don't even know what that means. So he's like, he does many, he, he just has a lot of different hats, mm-hmm. but he does them all incredibly well. So oh. he hosts a podcast, great interviewer. Um, he commentates on the UFC, mm. great commentator. He is a stand-up comedian, I'm not into a stand-up, it, to be honest, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he is a very successful good, yeah, good stand-up save. comedian, yeah. Um, amongst other things, he's super into hunting. I think he does that well. And mm-hmm. then I thought about this rolling over. I was like, dude, when I look at one of your posts, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, you know, doing a radio show, modeling, you know, uh, shooting a commercial, singing, DJ. I'm just like, what, what can't this girl flattering. do, man? I've definitely considered myself to be like, Joe Rogan. I even have the beard, you know? Not yeah. many people have seen me in real life, but I definitely have it. Yeah, yeah. Hidden <laughs> well and pulled off well. But yeah. How do you find yeah. the time, man? Oh, gosh. It's so funny because the only other person who asks me this as often is Paul, <laughs> who is okay. our mutual friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally every time we meet, he's like, how are you doing all this? It's a good question. Yeah. People ask me, like, how I do all this and what do I want to do and blah, 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 blah. And I used to really grapple with that. You know, I used to think, like, gosh, I have to be a lawyer. I have to be a doctor. You know, I have to be something. And instead, I would find myself doing this and this and this and this and loving all that I'm doing and trying to be excellent in many areas. And it kind of frustrated me, you know, like, oh, do I have to sacrifice something I really love and that I'm good at for the sake of something else, which I think will be better for me? Um, and instead, I over time, I'm just finding, like, if I can handle these things, if I want to, and if they're, you know, meaningful to me, 
I might as well. I'll just keep doing it until the day I can't, you know. And um, so that's the case, for example, like with modeling. I will say now, like I've been doing it for years. It's not my favorite thing in the world. No. Um, and I don't actively, you know, reach out and be like, I'm a model. But when people ask me, I say, okay, you know. And so I'm just very thankful for the job to come. And then I just do my best. And then I move on and do my next job. And so instead of telling people, like, I'm this or I'm that, I just say, like, oh, my name's Becky. These are the things I like to do. You know, this is the work that I'm doing. Um, I don't know if this is a like uh, a fact of the changing times or something, but yeah, I, I find it hard to also box myself into something. So sometimes I just tell people I'm a personality <laughs> who just does a that lot works. of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, but uh, it's a good question. How yeah. do I find the time? And it, it is all about balance because I think if you don't have your health and your sanity, it's not worth doing all those things anyway. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, life is short. Mm-hmm. If you have a curiosity might as well go try to satiate it and, and yeah. just and try i think sure. yeah you'd be wise about it and you know you you try all of these things there was something another friend asked me actually she was on this podcast uh not too long ago kayla and she also does a lot of things and she's very high energy but i remember she asked me the same question too and we just had a good talk about it and it was nice to know that i'm not the only person who's crazy enough to think i can do everything sure <laughs> you know sure what I mean? but a lot of people do stuff mm-hmm. um it's not that i have any background in a lot of the things that i mentioned that you do but you seem to do it seem to do it well i know oh, like right now i'm like thank okay you. Thank I, you for I feel like that. i'm in good hands in this in this conversation this oh. podcast i know it's not an easy thing to do and then the time that we shot together mm-hmm. um Man, that, that was, I remember telling people, because um, we did a, me and Becky did a studio shoot together, what was that, like a year ago maybe, yeah? Yeah, I would say it's almost a year. Yeah, I think that was like a year ago, and I had no idea what the f*** I was doing, man. Like, that's not really, really? Yeah, that's you, not you really my thing. You seemed really in control. <laughs> uh, dude, all I remember was telling you, like, here's this bottle of soju, yeah, here's this yeah, cup yeah. of ramen, <laughs> do something with the two of them. But uh-huh. yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you, you were so sweet. You're just like, all right, let's, if that's your vision, you know, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember walking away from that because I had done one the week before with Paul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that was our first time ever doing one. We did in the like studio. Like in the studio shoot, In the yeah. studio. Well, that was my first time, I think, ever shooting like a portrait. Oh, okay. I don't even know what, what sure. that would be categorized as. But then the second one was with you yeah. a week later. And then after working with you, I remember talking to my friends and I was like, dude, anybody who says like whatever your preconception of modeling, well, I think a lot of us have, mm-hmm. and to say it's not a talent, like mm-hmm. couldn't be more mistaken mm-hmm. because I have shot people with my iPhone or I've gotten my picture taken. And it's mm-hmm. like, hey, stand here. It's just like, what do you, I've, I've, <laughs> is, is this how you hold your arms? Yeah. I'm is like, I got two right? modes. I've got <laughs> smile and awkward. Which yeah. one, which one would you like? <laughs> Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I remember just holding the camera and then you just turned it on. I felt uh-huh. like I was watching acting. And I was <laughs> like, wow, dude, modeling is quite it, a I, talent. It man. is a skill, I think. I think you do have to skill. work, there you go. That's the word work on it. Yeah. There are some people, I believe, that like you just turn the camera on them and they're just like glowing and beautiful. And, you know, and there's some people that they have to work on it. But I do think it it is a skill. And you're right. People who think otherwise, like, ah, if you're good looking, you know, it's going to be fine. Like, that's not that's the farthest thing from the truth it really is right some of like the most captivating images when we see like portraits at least for me Mm -hmm. are people who aren't tradition traditional air quotes yeah yeah right right right. yeah this is just what uh, the mainstream society says currently is beautiful 
yeah. people, they, they don't necessarily fit inside that box. Yeah, they, they, but they can still be great models. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? And somebody, uh, I actually was talking to another photographer the other day. Um, if I'm getting too off topic, please this lead is, me back to where so you wanted to yeah. go. Um, but he, he's a brilliant uh, glamour and portrait photographer. I just learn a lot. Mm-hmm. You know those people where you're just around them and you, you're just learning just by listening sure, to them. Yeah, yeah, he's just that dude. Um, Arthur Hauser is his name. You can find him that on Shout Instagram. Shout out to Arthur. Shout out Arthur, man. Um, but yeah, he, he said it much more eloquently and better than I could. But basically, uh, yeah, there's people where you look at them, they're beautiful. You think, okay, it's going to mm-hmm. happen. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. And then it's just, it doesn't translate <laughs> through the lens, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, because yeah. there is a skill in, mm-hmm. in, involved in doing it. Mm-hmm. Then you get other people, and you're just like, eh. You never hey. would have expected. And yeah, then, you're just like, eh. And yeah. then you look at the, the, the images, and mm-hmm. you're just like, wow, man, mm-hmm. there's just something about them. And then mm-hmm. I think that just goes down to, like, any craft, just mm-hmm. really being able to hone it and harness it. Um, mm-hmm. Which is all just a very roundabout way to compliment you and <laughs> all of your many endeavors out there I killing it. it. So a big fan. Um, Thank you. Yeah, back to the back to the question. What was the question? You know, I don't even remember That's to great. be honest. I, I, I thought I would have left <laughs> we went just real, enough yeah. on astray. You're like, like, I'm bringing it back around, and we Wilson. end up somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. Where are we? <laughs> Yeah, my bad. <laughs> no worries. I appreciate it. This is the kind of like podcast that I'm always trying to have. You okay. Know? Like just this conversation flow, getting to know the other person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I do some interviews for like a photography thing that I do. Oh, that's cool. Um, a channel. And luckily, I've always had it. But when you're, when you're trying to do something like this, it's like you got to have a good tennis partner, you know? Mm-mm-mm-mm. It's like you don't want to. Be trying You're to pull like teeth lobbing and, them something, and they're just running the opposite direction, right? <laughs> just like, yeah. So like you know, tell me like what what has your career been like thus far? Uh huh. Good. <laughs> oh my goodness. And yeah. you're just like, oh, you're God. absolutely right. Yeah, you're like, how am I going to make like a seven minute video out of this? You know, yeah, so yeah. not to say that I am that that counterpart, but oh. just with you talking to you now. Yeah, it's very no, free flowing. You. And yeah, you've been great. It's funny because uh, something I've learned about being behind the mic as opposed to being in front of the camera, because in front of the camera, you know, you've got these additional benefits of like looking around at things and you can be visually compelling without saying anything, without having to think too much. But when it's behind the mic, like on the radio station, for example, or the podcast, you have to really think on your feet and you have to make what you're saying interesting enough for the person who sees nothing to want to, you know, be captivated. And so when I told someone I was doing a three hour live radio show, he was like, you live radio for three hours. There could be nothing more perfect because I just talk and talk and talk. So it worked out really well. It suits you well, dude. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Okay, I'm trying to scratch my brain. I do remember. Do you remember what it was? I do remember now. Okay, what was it? Uh, You were asking me about meeting other Asians in college. And that kind of shaped who I am and and my personality. Um, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, just if nothing else, it gave me a curiosity mm-hmm. to search out A, where I was from, mm-hmm. which led me to coming to Korea, mm-hmm. B, to meet people of other cultures, mm-hmm. um, and just to try new things. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I think slowly as we start to open up the door and exit from our comfort zone, we begin to see things are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to have less prejudice and fear of mm. things that we might have had before. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're and scared of things we don't know. You yeah. Know? I mean, and, and it's only it's only natural, mm-hmm. too. I mean, I think I know for myself, 
um, just with anything where I have that innate fear of something mm-hmm. and it maybe restricts me from taking action or mm-hmm. doing anything. Uh, yeah, I, I like to bask in my own self-loathing a lot of the time <laughs> and just be like, you piece of shit. Uh-huh. You're 35. What's wrong with you? That's awful. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've all been there, but it's yeah, awful Yeah, I would like still. to think we all do it. I'm not the only one. Yeah. But yeah, like meeting meeting people um, of different cultures, uh, specifically Asians, just being able to kind of get out there and, mm-hmm. and search for these things and see that things aren't really that scary. It's also led me to traveling. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I think I never, ever left America. Hmm when I was in college and younger. Maybe I went to Mexico one time when I lived in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it definitely it, it um, had an effect on my mm-hmm. perceptions of the world and who I am. So do you think that if you didn't carry this, this Asian side to you, you ever would have left the United States? You ever would have left your small town? Do you think that was one of the driving forces to bring you out of the country? Oh man, that's a, that's a hard question. To, for me to answer, mm-hmm. um, speculating on a different life, that, of course, a, a yeah. different person. This is totally hypothetical. Um, <clears throat> so the question was, would I have left uh, America or my hometown had I been a white person? Basically. <laughs> I, I will base my answer on the history of my friends that I grew up with, and mm-hmm. I would say it's 50-50. Okay. 50, because all of my friends were white. Mm-hmm. 50% of them moved out and are, are living in different states mm-hmm. and got out there. And probably about 50% of them stayed in my hometown, mm-hmm. um, had the families. And I, I'm sure maybe they traveled somewhere but mm-hmm. didn't really leave. Um, and I will say those decisions – didn't have any direct effect on happiness. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to all of them. Um, fortunately, all of them seem quite happy, mm-hmm. content, successful. Mm-hmm. So whether I did or I didn't, probably 50-50. Mm-hmm. And then how would have that in turn um, affected my life? Yeah, I, I think that would ju- just Very be... Very hard to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. situational thing. So you've been here for 11 years. Yeah. And why so long? What, what has drawn you to stay forever? <laughs> <laughs> That's a significant portion of life, I have to say. Yes. Okay, so it, it, this I this comes in probably three different parts. Okay. One, I was here in the beginning because it was just so much fun. Uh-huh. And then the the middle part of it was I just you just get comfortable, That's right? True. Mm-hmm. We all get complacent and comfortable. And I was like, eh, the money's good. Mm-hmm. I enjoy what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I have all my friends here. Mm-hmm. I'll probably just do one more year. Right. Yeah. That's famous, fateful last words. Just one more year, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Everyone yeah. in Korea, oh, I just came to study abroad for one year, 12 years later, and two kids, you know? It's like. It's going to be written on, like, <laughs> me and all my Kyoko friends' gravestones. Yeah, exactly. like, it's going to be like, it wasn't just one more year. <laughs> <laughs> all of us side by side is going to say that with, like, ellipses and stuff. Uh huh. Um, and then now, um, it's just home now. Mm-mm-mm. You know what I mean? And I really appreciate everything that Seoul is. Mm. Um, I love the convenience. Uh, I just love the action of mm-hmm. a big city. Sure. I mean. It's safe here. It's, it's relatively safe, clean. Dude. It's yeah. safe. That's such a big one. You yeah, don't, yeah. you take for granted. Yeah, hugely. Of course. I, you know, I was talking to, again, my friend who's from 
uh, the East Coast, and we were walking around Seoul, and it was really late at night. And of course, you know, I have nothing to fear. I, I wasn't scared of, you know, strangers passing me by or going down this or that alley. I honestly had no those fears. And I remember just in that moment, he's like, my goodness, we could never have done this back in my hometown. Yeah. Ever. I was like, really? It just totally slipped my mind because I've also been here for a good many years. And so I just, you know, totally forgot how it can feel to be in a dangerous part of the city, you know. Seriously, To not be able right? to walk around at 2 a.m. and feel totally fine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's something that we take for granted, you yeah, know. Yeah. And, and then, like you said, you go travel somewhere. You talk to somebody else who's mm-hmm. visiting. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, my God, it's so safe. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. other parts of the yeah, world are really, really dangerous. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah. So that and just. Yeah, I just, I love the city, so it's home now, Mm -hmm. uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Did you come, uh, we know there's many reasons, of course, but were you ever interested in finding your birth family? Was that anything that crossed your radar? When I initially came out, my parents told me, I think it was my mom who said, you know, that's an option, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, the adoption agency told us that when you, if you ever wanted to and you came back, that they have the files oh, wow. and they can help you with that. Uh-huh. And that was really cool of my my mother to bring that to my attention. Sure. Um, again, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation, but I'm sure as a parent, <laughs> like, Mm-mm-mm. hey, here's these other parents, even though yeah, I raised yeah. you my whole life, mm-hmm. like you can go find them. Like mm-hmm. that takes something to be, yeah. to, to put that out there voluntarily and, and tell your son that. So yeah. I really appreciate that. Uh, but I had no interest in doing it. And I was like, you know what? Like, no, I mean, you're you're my family. It's not like I had um, any resentment towards mm-hmm. my biological parents, mm-hmm. but it just, it was never a part of my life. And yeah. so just to all of a sudden, uh, for lack of better words, adopt that, mm-hmm. I, that um, yeah, desire to meet them, it was just, it would have been manufactured. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have been real. Um, so I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. But... There were maybe like six, seven years in, there was a little bit of of time where I was like, you know what, just out of curiosity's sake to see if like my brothers and sisters look similar to me. You knew that you had biological siblings. I had siblings. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I I had siblings. Um, And just to see how they're living, because one of my really close friends, she's also adopted, and she came out, and it, it was a crazy story, actually. But she mm-hmm. ended up finding her family, mm-hmm. and now they're like the best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so she comes out every single year to hang out with her brothers. They're highly successful. Mm-hmm. And n- not that that matters in, in kinship, but it is something when you hear stories about people meeting mm-hmm. their adopted families. Mm-hmm who are still impoverished and sure, you that's not see, easy like, to see. Yeah, if you have relations, whether you've known them your life or not, like you want them to do well exactly. in general. We want everyone to do well. Yeah. So I'm sure that's that's a good feeling that she has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, maybe that um, success story made me a little bit more interested, but it was more so like, yeah, do, are there, do my brothers and sisters look mm-hmm. like me? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit interesting for a while, but it just... No, it's never been mm-hmm. a priority Mm-mm-mm-mm. for me. So yeah. maybe it's something I do. It, it would have to be, it wouldn't be something I actively pursued. If sure. somebody came to me and was like, here's all the information, here's mm-hmm. where they are, like then I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll mm-hmm. check it out. I, I wouldn't be afraid to do it, but yeah, it's not yeah. something that's that important to yeah. me, um, to be perfectly honest. Do you think it's uh, 
this, you know, because um, I'm pulling this question out of um, other friends I know who are adopted and come with the, the, the curiosity of knowing, like, what their biological parents were like, what imagining what their life might have been. And uh, because they, in some regard, I've heard this from one friend saying it was because there was a piece of me I didn't know, right? Okay. Now, obviously, this is not the case for everyone, but for you, do you think that understanding let's say your history, right, your past or your origins, all of these are air quoted, is that significant or important to you? And should that matter or does that matter to a person understanding themselves fully? No, no, it's not. Mm. What do you think makes up a person then? I know this is a big question. Just a quick oh God, nut- nutshell that, right? Like <laughs> what is it then that makes you you? What makes Tai Tai? <laughs> Damn, bro. <laughs> what makes a person a person? This is a huge question. Okay, you know what? Let's. I understand that there's no like all answering like result to this, but in general, like if you could throw out one thing, you'd say the thing that makes a person is. L- let me gather an example. What okay. would you say? Well, oh, gather an example. Yeah. <laughs> You're just turning it on me. Yeah, yeah. Give me a little blueprint here <laughs> yeah, at least sure, so sure, I, sure. I can get some direction. You know, okay. So I, I've thought about it, and obviously I don't have, you know, like the the answer. But some, I think the identity is kind of broken down, if we make it as simple as possible. Personally, I think it's broken down into four parts. And I think you have, I think you have your God-given identity. I'm a Christian, so I believe that you're made in the image of God, however that looks for each individual person. Then I think you have your, um, your, like your ethnic background. Like this is your hereditary traits, your DNA, right? Mm. And then your ethnicity. And then I think you have your family and society background. So mm. this is the culture that you grew up with. This is your the family members. You know, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a mother, I'm an aunt, whatever. I think this is something that also puts your identity. And then I think the fourth one is your choice. I think you decide I'm a drummer or I'm a photographer or I'm a free spirit. You know, you create all those things, I think, combined makes up a person. I think it makes up your identity. I think that's a great answer. <laughs> um, there's no way I can top that. Yeah, I mean, if everyone I, has a different idea on this, you know, but it's just what I thought about. No, I think that's great. I mean, it, it kind of goes off of what we were talking about earlier. How it's usually it's just not one thing, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a combination of things. So mm-hmm, I think you mm-hmm. hit the nail right on the head. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's much I could add to mm-hmm. that. I, All right, we'll just smoothly transition to the next thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, well, okay. I was wondering, how's your life here now in Korea? You're enjoying it. You're doing photography, right? Yeah. Street photography. And um, do you find that you view yourself any differently here than, say, in the States? Yeah. Um, life is great. Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking. Uh, last, yeah, I, I got into photography very recently, mm-hmm. and that is something that has very quickly consumed my life mm. and um, taken up a lot of real estate for who or what my identity is, mm-hmm. which has been awesome, mm-hmm. which has been super cool. Um, yeah, what, what was the other part? Life is good. Yeah, That's how, what I'm doing. How, how do you view yourself here? Because I think the way we view ourselves can change depending on our surroundings. Yeah. You know, like view, viewing yourself in the States or in a country where there's no one who looks like you or you're with a bunch of people who do look like you. Yeah. You know, how does that change? How has that been for you? I think the biggest thing, because uh, there's definitely been a lot of change um, 
is not so much to do with environment, mm -hmm. but a lot to do with age. I would describe myself as being very middle-aged <laughs> and okay. happily and uh -huh. comfortably so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've made a lot of references already to, like, my... I don't ever think we totally change. I think who we mm -hmm. are, we always are going to be that, but to, to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. But I know... I. I would like to think I've made a lot of progressions mm -hmm. in my life as a person mm -hmm. from even my early 30s mm -hmm. to now. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes with a lot of experience, a lot of failures, mm -hmm. a lot of searching for answers. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully it only gets better. So yeah. now that I am 35, soon to turn 36. Yeah. Um, Maybe in like two or three days. Uh, really? Yeah. Really? Is it that soon? Yeah. I, I, wow. I, we need to give you a pre-happy birthday here. Well, thank I'm you, I'm applauding from all of our listeners. <laughs> saying happy birthday right now. Yeah, the big three six. Wow. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I heard somebody, there's a personality that I follow. Uh, he does a podcast on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, but he basically said, and this applies to women too, but he says, as a young man, when you're in your 20s and early 30s, you have no idea who you are mm. and what your values are because you're not thinking about that. Mm. I'm not thinking about like what values defined who I was and mm. how that's going to shape how I live. Like I'm drinking alcohol <laughs> and going uh -huh. to the to the club. Like yeah, that. I'm killing brain cells every night. Right? Yeah, and I was happy to do so. It's just like, oh, did you see what I did last night, bro? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so now uh, – just kind of a restructuring of things, mm -hmm. um, better understanding of self, and I'm really, I'm really happy with life now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very nice to hear. Thank you. I don't know if every, you know, not everyone on the planet can say that they're improving over time. I think that does take a lot of effort on your own part and lack of fear, or let's say not lack of fear, but abundance of courage. Uh, thank you. It's very kind of you to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it and you hit the nail right on the head again. It's like it doesn't come like people say you know with age this happens like you know i know a lot of old people are fucking stupid like you know it doesn't just come with age like <laughs> right, it, right, it right. doesn't yeah absolutely not it's not yeah. like an automatic promotion with each year right. it's like you're wiser it's like yeah, no yeah, you yeah. have to put the effort in but it's mm -hmm. just with that larger sample pool you have more opportunities mm -hmm. and time to gain that experience but it has to be something that you're seeking and sure. going after right so i'm sure i mean y you probably have this you look at your parents mm -hmm. and you think about how you looked at them when you were 20 versus how maybe sure, you look sure. at them now. And I remember when I looked at my parents and my friend's parents when I was a kid. And mm -hmm. like pa parents, for the most part, are generally just very wise, cool, <laughs> level-headed people. It's weird to think that they are exactly like us, just a couple years older. You know, sure. I I doubt that they look at themselves. I don't know. I'm not a parent. But I, I don't imagine parents are like, oh, I'm a mean, scary parent who wants to discipline my children. They're probably just like, look, I'm cool. I like the same things that you like, and I want to have fun as well. I'm just trying to keep you alive and growing healthily. You know? There you go, right? Yeah. Everything really simplifies, but they're, they're difficult things. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I want to keep you healthy. I want to be healthy. Mm -hmm. I just want to live a good, yeah. happy And I want to make sure you life. live a good, happy life. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I and in my 20s, when I would see, like, look at my friend's parents, my parents, and I'm just like, I'll never be like that. Like, oh. I'll never have that attitude towards life. Mm -hmm. But as I've gotten older, 
I can see that like starting. To, that. Yeah. yeah, you see why that mm-hmm. happens and how you form that perspective mm-hmm. over time. And I would like to think I'm kind of clawing <laughs> a little bit closer mm-hmm. to that kind My of. My friend, that is simply wisdom and maturity. Yeah, 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 w- yeah. So things are good. Right, Ty, well, it was so interesting to hear about your story and just your ideas on identity and yourself. And I really appreciate you being in the studio today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's a great opportunity. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was really great. You can check out his photography on his Instagram page. It's actually, it's like all day. How many A's is that? Four A's? That is four A's, okay, yeah. All day. So if you look up A-A-A-A-L-L-D-A-Y. That's it then you can see his street photography and it's really beautiful, really thoughtful stuff. And uh, thank you for tuning in to the Happy Project today. We hope you liked it. You know, I had a lot of fun today and we also love to get listener mail so you can always email us thehappyproject at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast so you can know when the next episode is coming up. We are The Happy Project. So that's the ending for the first one. Now, let's do an intro and ending for the second episode. Let's do it. Okay, and the second episode will be basically Ty took over the podcast, okay? Okay. So here we go.